Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got a great episode for you. Today on the show, my friend, my partner in crime, musician, videographer, now Scarborough legend, Joe Cash. I believe this is his third appearance on this Creative Imbalance series. And he's always going to be a regular, not only because we're on some similar journey riding into the abyss of the unknowns of our passions. He's just a great musician in spirit and always up to something new. And it's just great beyond an excuse to just shoot the shit and have a good time to document his story as he continues to grow and go on all these adventures. Recently, he put out a song called Scarborough Girl. It went hella viral. He ended up being on the Dean Blundell show. We talked to him about that, and what's amazing is he grew up obsessively listening to Dean Blundell in the morning, and we hear all about his dream coming true. Also, this week, he released another single called Soda Pop. It's got a really fun video. It takes place in the 90s, and it's very DIY and just so, so well done and fun. Also, not only myself, but many other past guests of the Creative Imbalance podcast make little cameos in that video, Soda Pop, from our electronic music friend, Sages to Toronto OG rap legend Fortunato to our good pal Johnny Shea, folk musician from Ireland, and Bradley, who was the former drummer of St. Andrews, who I had on the show. And yeah, it's just colorful and it's just good vibes, a big celebration. There's uh, some guinea pigs, and <laughs> yeah, so I want to let you know beyond this awesome conversation about what Joe's up to and some deeper subjects we have on just going 100% on your craft, that there is a website for each and every one of these episodes. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, you can go to the webpage www.girthradio.com, click the newest episode featuring Joe Cash, and you'll see a picture of him in the studio, links to his new music videos, his social medias, and anything else we talk about on this episode. All right? So yeah, that's all I gotta say. We gonna let the conversation speak for itself. So here's Joe Cash coming at you right now! Radio in session. What's that machine over there? The security guard's been standing at for like half an hour. Oh, okay, oh, that makes yeah. that makes sense. It looks like an ATM <laughs> without the screen. Yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. Was like, is he buying Bitcoin or? <laughs> yeah, the future. The future is, is now. now. I think that's how we're gonna start this episode because I've been I recorded that. But I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Cash, musician videographer, um, all of the above. Scumbag extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. 
So, well, some people might tell you otherwise, but. Yeah, yeah. But this is, this is cool because uh, I felt like I didn't have to study for this interview. Right. I know who you are. <laughs> I know what you do. Um, this is the least nervous I've ever been doing any sort of interview. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been buddies for years now. So it's, uh, it's nice to – I'm glad that you had me. It's good timing too. So Yeah, yeah, exciting times. You're working really fucking hard. Um, oh, man. <laughs> well, like, well like, like always, you're always putting out different music, uh, different styles. Um, people may have heard you on some older episodes of the show. Yep. But uh, – I feel like my followers have increased since the last time you were on, so some people are going to be hearing you for the first time. Nice. And it's almost hard to describe uh, your style in a way, because you, even if you write something and record something a certain way, we, you can see you live, and you'd be doing it differently, have a different spin, whether it's like maybe the recording has you playing it on the piano, then you go see a Joe Cash show, He's playing it on the guitar, and the song, a sad song, is like sped up and all happy, yep. or vice versa. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's uh, it's cool. It's like uh, like how you just continue to keep moving and keeping things fresh, and always like uh, I don't know. I guess it's just stimulating for people who are like a fan of Joe Cash. You always see something different. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I always want to make sure that like my my whole goal is even when I'm doing all these other like. If I try like an electronic song or more of like a poppy song with full instruments and stuff, like I always try and make it so that when you hear it, it's like you still know that's a Joe Cash song. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is Joe Cash. Like even if it sounds nothing like any songs I've put out before, right? So like, yeah, as you were saying, like, I mean, I write all my songs either on acoustic guitar or piano first. And I used to just do piano and singing for my first two EPs and my earlier stuff. And... um and now I've been working for the last little while with, uh, f- like, doing collaborations with friends, like uh, my friend Brad, who's also my drummer when I'm live, because I'll play with the full band live. Yeah. And um, I've been doing some stuff with my buddy Jeremy recently. Um, and it's my first time not having any uh, any input or any hands in the actual production aspect and songwriting aspect of the music part of the song. So he's sending me these beats and I'm just writing lyrics. And at first it was really fucking hard. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. now it's getting a little easier and I'm starting to get more of the hang of finding melodies and stuff because, you know, when you're writing a song on acoustic guitar, I can come up with my own melodies and build my song kind of like that. Yeah, but yeah. now getting stuff from other people, a lot of the times I'll get a beat and the melody's there. And so I have to build off of that melody or find another melody that complements it. And, it was very difficult at first, and then one day it's just kind of like it'll it, something will snap in my mind, and I'll bang out like three songs in a couple hours or whatever. Yeah, that's super cool. It's almost like you're taking the the rapper approach now, where people send you the beat, and then you got to kind of like fit the mold. And yeah, instead it's, of yeah, it's funny how ma- how many beats I've gotten since I uh, released Scarborough Girl. Because everyone would be posting it. Oh, check out this rapper from Scarborough, Joe Cash. <laughs> yeah, you're not and really like, a rapper. I'm not a rapper. <laughs> yeah. like, I wouldn't comment that. I'd just be like, hey, thanks for sharing or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> since it, then, I've had a few people be like, you want to open for this rapper? It's like, well, so I can sing my sad songs with my drummer and my electric guitar? <laughs> if you want, <laughs> check out the rest of my music first, though. Yeah, and I want to I talk about this track, uh, Scarborough Girl, which is oh, it's, yeah. it's fucking amazing because... It feels like uh, it's one of the looser tracks of yours. It seems like, in a way, you might have been 
half fucking around making this. Totally. And it, it totally <laughs> went viral. It got you on the Dean Bloodell show. Yeah. People are calling it the Scarborough National Anthem. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, it, you're, you're totally right, too. I was totally just fucking around. Um, actually, okay, so the, the funny thing about that song is... So I've wanted to go over that beat for a while. It's kind of a re- it's a remix of a part of a beat from this old late '90s, early 2000s rap song by this rapper Fat Lip, who um, he's part of the rap group The Far Side. But there's a famous clip of him in Jackass in a suit sliding down an escalator and then flying off at the bottom and smashing into the ground and breaking his CD Walkman and everything. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that's him. That, that's yeah. the rapper, and I've always loved this beat since. I mean, I remember it from one of the Tony Hawk games, the song. So I had been sitting on the kind of remixed beat for a while trying to write about it, and I was hanging out at my buddy Trauma's, or Undetectable Bombers, his rap name. We were hanging out there, and he's like, dude, you got to do this song. Like, let's record it here, whatever. And he convinced me to. So I wrote it in about half an hour and recorded it, and then I think I had to go... I went and came back. I had to go grocery shopping with my dad or something. And yeah, he went, yeah. came and picked me up, and I came back, finished it up. And then the video, I was like, oh, let's just go around the neighborhood, go to all these different spots, and just get a clip of me standing at the spot seeing it, saying each line. I'll put it all together. And I wasn't even going to promo it. I was going to like post it like once or twice. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll get yeah, 200 views. Fun. They'll tie yeah. people over. And next thing you know, I think we're at like 19,000 views on YouTube. And yeah. my and friends' moms were, share- were sending it to my friends being like, oh, have you seen this? Do you know this guy? And they're like, yeah, that's Joe. He's been over here like 100 times. This one girl's <laughs> like, I used to date him. He came to dinner with us. How do you not remember him? <laughs> yeah. So you now it's like you're like the local legend around the, the neighborhood. Yo, it's crazy. And even yeah. like I liked uh, scrolling through the comments there of uh, people reading ones of people who didn't know you prior to, and they're just kind of like – uh, talking about like almost a nostalgia aspect because um, you kind of like always do like 90s colors and stuff and you're going to like all these different um, locations of like whether they're like run down or just oh, yeah. like different schools <laughs> and people are like oh my god I went to high school there and like yep. just like the shots of the video it's just kind of you like uh, like warping around all all around town and stuff it's uh yeah we did yeah. some up at scarborough town center and uh where uh the civic center is there which used to be scarborough city hall when we were our own city back in the 90s there and uh then we did the rest of my area of cliffside so i went to one of the high schools i went to Birchmount, the elementary school i went to at the bottom of my street birch cliff heights we went to chicken burger which is uh it's closed now but that was probably the roughest spot in the neighborhood for a long time. Two fifty beers, and uh, I believe Graham on the Dean Liddell show called it a hive of villainy, which is still my favorite uh, <laughs> description of it of all time. That's and dope. There's still a sign, or there still was the sign in the bathroom that said, "Please no smoking crack in the washroom." So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of want to segue to that too. It's like so this kept growing and growing. Obviously, it got to Dean Blundell's people, mm-hmm. and uh, for. Or my American listeners who don't know who Dean Blundell is, he's kind of like a Canadian version of like he's kind of like our Howard Stern in a way. Like he was all yeah. over the morning show, and then uh, he uh, got kicked off the radio like a few years ago because <laughs> yeah. he was just being like, well, they were they were always kicked and, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he would get fired for a bit, come back. Yeah, like, absolute like radio legend. And legend. now now he's doing his podcast where it's like. 
it's all on him. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And um, exactly now, like you do this song, it gets to his people, and then you're all of a sudden on his show. And like, I want to know like how how did they contact you, and like how excited were you for that? Okay, yeah. So this is this is actually funny too because we talked about it briefly on the podcast, but. His producer, I guess longtime producer, Graham, um, lives at McCowan and Kingston, which isn't too far from where I am and from where I filmed most of the video. So he actually saw my video when it was only at like 200 views in like some Facebook mom group, swap, <laughs> swap and sell Facebook mom group. How did it get there? Uh, I, I honestly, I have no idea. Like <laughs> there, there was that video was shared like over a thousand times on Facebook and I could probably only find like 200 of the shares cause privacy settings and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. But so he slid into my DMS and was like, Hey man, you want to come on the Dean Blundell show? And I was like, are you fucking with me? And then he's like, no, I'm serious. I was like, yeah, dude, let's do this for sure. Cause I, I used to listen to Dean Blundell religiously. I was never up early enough to catch it from five thirty AM till 10 AM. But every day I woke up, I would just wait for the show to end. And then by noon, they'd have the uncut show up as a podcast oh, on the really? website. Yeah. So I had to download that every day. And there were days, man, I'd be having a bad day. I'd be staying at the bus stop, going to film school. And the, the podcast wouldn't be there downloading. And it would just ruin my whole day. So like that's how heavy I was into it. And um, so, yeah, next thing I know, we're setting a date. I go up to their new place. And uh, Graham's there. He says, hi. Thanks for coming. Dean comes out, tells me I'm awesome and so nice to meet me. Really solid dude. And, yeah, it was just such a surreal experience having gone from being a kid playing music all those years, wanting to have my music on the radio and one day be on the Dean Blundell show to being on the Dean Blundell show. And it was a lot of fun. We talked about dicks and farts and Yeah, that's what he does, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that's dope. Dream come true. Yo, yeah, it was wild. Um, And we got... They had the Stoner Chef can on there, too, and I got way too stoned before I went on. So that was a lot of fun. I mean, weed's legal now, so we can talk about that. But Yeah, I listened to the episode, and that guy was pretty interesting. So, like, prior, was he uh, giving you, like, edibles and stuff like that? Or? Well, so when I showed up, um, one of the guys that works there, Phil, came out with, like, a four-paper rolled about, like, probably the length of my forearm. And he's like, yeah, you guys want to smoke? We're like, okay. And... I didn't try the edible first, which was probably a good thing. So I had the edible afterwards, and I think, like, I don't don't really remember the last hour of being home, and I woke up, like, four hours later with the Joe Rogan podcast still playing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's, like, the number one thing that happens to most stoners. You go home, you turn on Joe Rogan, you fall asleep, and his podcast is so long, it's still going. Oh, yeah, I think it it was the Alex Jones one, too. (laughs) So, yeah, that's, like, four and a half hours, right? And (laughs) I woke up, and they're still talking. Him and Alex Jones are yelling about aliens or something, and... I was like, "Fuck! I shouldn't have eaten that butter tart." But that's a good day, and it's oh, like it's a, it, yeah, it, it was must, a great day. It must have felt like a dream too. Like you were you were just on Dean Blundell, and you probably woke up. And you're like, that, did, "Did that really just fucking happen?" Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Afterwards, it was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe I was on the Dean Blundell show." Yeah. And again, go, kind of going in full circle, uh, you hear the song, and it's kind of like uh, piano-y and stuff, like in the recorded version or like a yeah beat, and then you played it on the show with your acoustic guitar which yeah cool. it's my third time ever playing it on acoustic guitar i was like 
I had a few songs planned the night before, and then my dad's like, you know they're going to want you to play Scarborough Girl. I was like, uh, I guess I better learn it. <laughs> yeah. So I got through it. I got through it. and uh, But yeah, because, I mean, as you said, the beat itself does have, like, these piano elements to it, and the piano beats are my favorite beats, you know, like Mathematics by Most Defs, one of my all-time favorite beats. Um my block by Scarface. I could I could sit here and list piano beats for hours, but yeah, that's what I've always loved since I got into hip hop. So yeah, it only yeah. seemed right. And again, it's it's kind of amazing how like just lax you were about recording this one. Like you mentioned, it's kind of like more of a less calculated song you've done in the past, and it's just like. It's cool, like, I don't know if it just resonated with people that you, this guy's just having a good time and it bled on the audio and the the music video, but uh, it's crazy what can just pop off when you, like, just throw it out there and, like... Exactly. There could be, like, projects where you're just working weeks on and then it's just, like, it's, like, 50 views or what. Like, Dude, you never know. Like You know what? Actually, Sean, that's so funny that you say that because I was talking about this with Brad the other day and... I was like, in a way, it's like, it, don't get me wrong, it's super encouraging and it's awesome. But for a, probably about an hour one day, I was like, man, I didn't write this beat. It's like my most popular song and I didn't actually write it and I wrote it in half an hour. It's like, it's, it's one of those things as a songwriter, you're kind of like, well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> why did I try? <laughs> yeah, why have I been trying? But you know what? I think it works well. Um, and it's a nice transition to what I've been doing recently because the song I did next Thursday with uh, Lex Leosis back in the summer there, it was one of my first songs that was more of an upbeat. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's a breakup song, but it had more of an upbeat beat vibe to it. And it was the first one I started doing for all this, uh, my EP coming up, which is all 90s themed essentially and uh it's been kind of like a funner vibe like yeah, my new one yeah. coming out vanilla is the same thing it's kind of a stupid fun vibe and it was like a nice we had we did it on my birthday party you were there you yeah know? yeah i was gonna segue uh, to that too yeah. and it's just like <laughs> it's kind of cool i want to talk about that too um you hit up like a bunch of like different artists you knew and uh you had the plan for the weekend you're like everybody dressed 90s yeah i went to uh a vintage thrift store, and I found like this tie dye Sonic Youth. That was the best shirt, shirt of the and weekend. Back in the day, I didn't even listen to like Sonic Youth at all, but right. I'm like, this is the most '90s <laughs> thing I've ever seen, and I ended up buying it. But um, what's cool too, um, I didn't even think about it till today. Uh, like you're about to drop this single. Uh, you mentioned it's Vanilla, but you actually told me you changed the song Fuck, title. I, yeah. I can't believe I just said Vanilla. Yeah, it's Soda Pop now, right? Yeah, it's Soda Pop. So yeah. the the whole Vanilla thing is when I originally started writing it i was writing it about this uh the last girl i was dating and she always used to use this fucking vanilla body spray that would drive me mental not in like drive me mental in like a sexy way i mean like it like assaulted my senses all the time and she was always spraying it and so when i started writing the song i was writing it vanilla like with the working title vanilla but i never actually liked that song or that the that title i should say and then once I kind of wrote the song, I was like, okay, this doesn't work. I don't say the word vanilla anywhere in it. There's nothing to do with vanilla anywhere in it. So I realized, you know, it's a poppy song. It's fun. It's bouncy. It's bubbly. And um, after months and months of trying to name it something else, Soda Pop popped into my head the other day. And I messaged Brad, and I was like, yo, we're calling it Soda Pop. He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he said and no. And then like an yeah. hour later, he's like, yeah, because he's like, it's basically you say – 
you, you use a working title for so long that you get used to calling it that, right? Yeah, yeah. So the song is called Soda Pop, not Vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And um, what's crazy is like, so you called up like all your artist friends. And uh, Everyone. What, what I was thinking today was it's amazing how many past guests of the creative imbalance are, are, are in your in music video. Video. Yeah. and um they're not even like people in the same genres there's like fortunato who's one of the ogs who's been on the show rapper um sages electronic music yeah uh johnny shea from ireland folk yep. um Sage's sister, Katarina, she's, I played one of her songs on the show. Yeah. And uh, even Brad, so he was in here when, with St. Andrews. Yeah, and Brad's like, there. Um, who else? I mean, yeah, and uh, like. And then just like all your pals of like. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got Trauma or Undetectable Bomber there. Uh, my buddy D-Money's there. He's been doing the trap thing for, the trap music thing for years, like years and years he's on like tapes with uh like soldier boy and lil b and riffraff and stuff (laughs) like that and yeah so like i was watching the video but i mean we got you on there you're you know you're an artist like we're all artists in our own rights and i'm watching it back and i'm like damn everybody in this video does something pretty much my buddy c in like different things yeah yeah. my buddy c's in there that i've done like numerous things with even just my homies from around that i've been jamming with since i was a teenager and everything you know and um it's so cool to see that and, like, really take in, like, man, look at all these artists that are here. Like, I, Yeah, and the genre-bending thing. I mean, uh, Kat from Stinkbox is there, and they're, like, you know, like, folk punk, like, yeah, yeah. street folk punk kind of thing, right? Like, Days and Days and stuff like that. And, and it's, a, it's almost like we all connect to each other, even though we're all doing different things. It's just we all have, like, this similar soul and, like... It's like we're on this unknown journey of, like, just it's taking a risk and just like following your heart and like exactly. I don't know. It's it seems like everybody's just like on that same ride, you know? Yeah. Well, like that's the thing. Everybody gets it. Like when you go to do something like this video and everybody shows up, it's like they get they know what's going on, so they know what to expect and like they're there to support because they're all on the same journeys as yeah, well you yeah. know we all we all got to support each other and you know we're all going to the we're all trying to go to the same place or at least sim- similar places right and if you're not if you're not supporting each other it's just going to take longer to get there and the more you support people like you know it's with this podcast now like i like i've been sharing episodes recently that you've been doing and stuff and yeah, like and when i, I share this so much, oh if, i always this is what i'm saying like i always got you like I, I do it to support you, but also because, you know, if, if you get two new listeners from one I share and then they show two people and then they show two people, it's like next thing you know, you got, you know, 20 new listeners or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? And then you have people that come back and it's the same thing with music. If you sh- share the song and even if one person checks it out, then they show someone, then they show someone and next thing you know, you got 50 new fans or whatever. So mm-hmm. the the only way... We're we're in the digital age now, where labels like your your podcast with Bef, Biff Naked, um, mm-hmm. she was talking about that how like labels and getting signed isn't really like a thing anymore. It's playing shows in the digital streaming era and stuff. So when it comes to releasing things online and playing concerts, you really need like that support from people. And yeah, yeah. It's hard sometimes because you know we're all adults now and stuff. It's not like being in high school and the only thing that's happening that weekend is some punk show or whatever, and everybody's just gonna get trashed and beat each other up in the mosh pit. Yeah. Now it's like everybody's got these goals and 
if you're not if you're not the only way to really get it out there is by people supporting each other and sharing and yeah, working facts. together. And it's um, it's crazy too because uh, I feel like I don't hear this term about Toronto much anymore. But when I first moved here, like eight years ago, started doing videography. Uh, just in mainly in the rap scene, they were calling it the the screw face capital. Oh yeah, there was, yeah, there was right. so many artists just out for themselves and i seen like how much that even like stifles you not having like because you're you're trying to i don't know connect with people but at the same time you don't want to build a community you're like already before like you have your first album out you have this mentality that i'm the fucking shit and everybody should be listening to this right and it's just it doesn't help anybody and um what's crazy or like what's crazy is like how much you can strive by doing the polar opposite of like all those influences. And uh, I feel like Toronto is making a big shift from what it used to be where people are making communities and like knowing there is room for everybody. It's like, even like you throw out the competition shit. Like it's, it's kind of bullshit, you know, it's like help each other out. Like put people on as opening acts. If you got a little bit of movement, cause you never know when even like, down the road, that person who opened for you could be, like, the next big thing. They can put you on, and it ter- turns into this big, awesome, like, ecosystem of... Exactly. Positivity and just people killing it and sharing and, like... Right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, that's that's exactly... Well, I mean, like, well, when you organized that... Uh, was it the, the Grindhouse? Yeah, Grimehouse with... Yeah, the uh, Grimehouse yeah. with everybody. With, where we did all the comedy and... Music. Uh, the music and yeah, stuff. yeah. I was like, that's when I met Cat Clyde. Yeah, yeah. It right was before she was signed on a major label. Exactly, too, yeah. and then you know, earlier this year, you helped. You helped on it. We did the music video for her, and yeah. I got to come and co-direct the music video and all that stuff. And it was like, yeah, that it, it was. There was a few years in between there, but it all comes back full circle if you just support each other. And yeah, the, the competition thing, as you said, it's so silly to me. Yeah, yeah. Even even like um, putting like doing those things without expecting anything to come back like have like genuine intentions and it's just like you build that community and like who knows what's gonna happen down the road like for anybody uh, like yeah yeah so like i don't know like even like i find like a lot of like the i'm gonna say the average folk who doesn't dig too deep into the underground to listen to like different music or whether it's comedy or whatever Mm -hmm. they don't I'm not saying for everybody, but the majority won't give things a chance because they, even prior to listening to it or checking it out, they think it sucks because it's not on TV, it's not on the radio, which there's a beyond opposite of that going on in the city. There's some of, like, my favorite musicians, uh, like, haven't even got, like, a chance or anything, but what they're writing is, like, fucking amazing, and it's, like... I feel like also some people who uh, they have like these older friends who might know they're a musician. They might know they're a podcaster, but never like check out their show until like something big happens. Yes. And I I noticed that with on my journey, too. It's like it takes somebody like getting a Biff Naked, getting an Ed the Sock in here. Yeah. Getting a Davey Havoc from AFI or something. One of my other favorite episodes. (laughs) For people to like turn their heads and just be like oh my god i'm gonna listen to you now but um there's so many like even in my opinion better episodes with like some unknown people it's oh, just dude. like and nobody gives you like 
almost any respect in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've there's so many of your episodes that I've like loved over the years, and like, yeah, those you know the Biff Naked podcasts and Ed the Sock, like they're great podcasts. Yeah, they're like, dope. Yeah, they're dope. But you're right. There's all these hidden gems out there that you have to kind of like dig to find sometimes, but people don't want to do that because like they don't see you as like a Joe Rogan or, you know, any of these big podcasters out there these days and stuff. And it's like, they just don't want to put the time into dig because it's not already just being thrown at them from every which way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's crazy. Just like I've had life changing conversations in here with some like unknown people, (laughs) but even like I could see it like, even though, like, you have a ton of supporters, too, there's probably, like, a handful of people, like, just because you're not on, like, the radio or whatever, maybe they're just, like, kind of pushing it aside. or Well, like, yeah. yeah, or and not even, like, yeah, I mean, there's that aspect of it. But also, too, like, one thing I was thinking about is most of my friends don't have or use social media, like my friends in Scarborough. Yeah, yeah. There's a very small amount of my friends that you... Like, even if they have a Facebook or Instagram, they haven't posted on it in, like, three or four years, and they don't go on it or anything, which is cool. Like, you know, I wouldn't, I, I always say I wouldn't use social media if it wasn't for what I do with my music and my art and everything. Mm-hmm. But so sometimes a lot of that stuff gets lost. I'll go see my buddy Fireball, and he's like, what have you been That's up to? That's the best to? nickname, like, by the way. Yeah, Fireball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll we'll talk about it after. Yeah, oh, for sure. But, yeah, like, I go to see him, and he's like, oh, what have you been doing? And actually, his fiance will show him su- stuff sometimes because she's on Instagram and stuff. And she's like, oh, did you see Joe's new video? And he's like, what? Joe's got a new video? Or yeah, yeah. Dad? And he's like your best friend, too. Yeah. Exactly. He's one of my closest friends. Yeah. Like, his dad and his mom I have on Facebook, and they actually go on and see my stuff and like it and share it and everything. But yeah. that's what it comes down to is, like, if stuff's not really, like, getting pushed out there, some people just aren't even just in the loop. Yeah, And they yeah. wouldn't be otherwise, which... You know, in the in the era of social media, it's a tricky thing because if I'm not getting mainstream radio play that people are listening to at work and stuff or watching on TV, but they're not surfing YouTube or following me on channels, then they don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's crazy. Yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird time. I, th- I feel like we're just treading through this water. like This last decade, like, man. Yeah. Because we're coming to the end of the decade now. And this last decade, yeah, it's just been so weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of people being like, oh, 2020 is going to be my year. It's like, <laughs> I was thinking, you know what? 2019 was my year. And 2020 is when I'm going to go all downhill. Like, VR is going to be improved. I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> just get, like, a bunch of, like, creepy anime. And just, I'm gone, guys. This is, like, might be the last episode oh, if this comes God. out before the new year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine where we'll be in five years, too? No. I know. Cre- it's terrifying. I, I got goosebumps. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's like, what's going to be happening in five years from now? And, uh, oh, my God. It's, it's so weird, especially for, like... Especially for our generations, like, you know, we're, we're kids of the 80s and 90s, and that's the time that we grew up. And, like, I remember, man, I remember when my parents, when I was in grade nine in high school, my parents got me the Much Music phone, the Nokia Much Music oh, phone. Oh, yeah, It's like yeah. a brick. But it was, like, <laughs> the first 
phone available up here that like played MP3s, but it costs like five dollars to download an MP3 and like twenty dollars if you accidentally signed on the internet for too long. <laughs> yeah, and your your ringtones be like Smash Mouth, like somebody. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was that era. I, I had, but I think Buffalo Soldier was my first ringtone nice. that I bought. Oh yeah, I was because I was a big Bob Marley fan. Yeah, yeah. All the weed I was smoking back then, <laughs> I know I still smoke now, but back then it was more of an identity. Now it's just another thing that people do. Yeah, and things are like evolving so fast, and it's just like it's wild. Who who knows? Even like uh, it's interesting to think of like where your music will go, or like even like this show, like what's going to happen with it too? Because it's just like right. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I was still making punk songs in 2012. Yeah. That's and now me. you're like doing like this experimental barbershop rap, <laughs> right? Whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, actually, that's that. I'm, I got to add that to the list of things I tell people when they ask me what kind of music I make. I like experimental barbershop rap. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. I feel like there's a lot. I don't know if it's just because um, I'm more in tune of what people are doing, like outside the mainstream now more than ever. But right. like, I'm seeing more like hybrids of styles like i never thought about before and like for, for sure. example the other night we went to see amigo the devil yeah and the opener uh twin temple it sounded like oh even like i went on there i was like what the hell is that and then i went on their uh, spotify after and downloaded it and their album was called satanic doo-wop it sounds like it's like recorded that's what it sounded like it sounded though. like it was recorded in the 50s and like the, yeah. the girl was just like all like old timey singing but it was just like all about the devil <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was amazing oh, I'm, like, I'm glad you yeah. looked that up because that's yeah. exactly what I thought when we were watching them yeah yeah and uh, yeah well and I, I mean even like you know Amigo the Devil is like if he was doing that kind of music 10 years ago it wouldn't like People would be trying too hard to put it into a genre and, like, define it in a genre. Because what is it really? It's, like, acoustic. He's really just a singer-songwriter doing whatever he wants at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of, like, a darker, like... I got, like, a very, like, kind of rock and roll but, like, folk vibe from him. Like, yeah, yeah. It, and that's the thing. How do you put labels on stuff anymore? Yeah, you don't. And you it's, don't. It's cool. It's cool to see people just doing stuff from their heart, and it's just like not thinking of trying to fit in this lane. Because um, I feel like that was like a huge thing in the past. It's just like, oh, this band's doing this, and then I'm gonna do this, and uh, I'm gonna. People are gonna hear us talk about this on the King Dude episode that's gonna come out after yours. Right, he's dope but, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but it's almost. Um, like what happens if you're if you're trying to fit this mold or a certain sound, you just become like a watered down version of whatever your main influence is, and like yes. you become nothing special, like yep. nothing. Like, yeah, that was one of my biggest gripes with punk rock is trying to fit into like making punk music for so long, and it's like the the lyrics I was writing and stuff. It's like I like I didn't even release the last couple of punk songs that I did because within the year I was like. Yeah. What the fuck am I even talking about? I don't follow politics or anything anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, You're just kind of just doing it because. Uh, yeah, like I smoke weed and hang out with like my guinea pigs and. Like, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the boys. <laughs> shout out to the boys, <laughs> Chumba and Wumba. But uh, no, but you're right. It's like 
trying to put like trying to peg down genres these days is becoming trickier and trickier. So yeah, yeah. I want I want to go back to like um, mm-hmm. I know I know a lot about your punk roots, and we talked about it like on another episode. But what you're doing by not making punk music and just like giving her. That is punk rock, man. Exactly. Like not trying to fit in and just like not I'm punk rock because I do whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's that is the punk mentality, and I try and let that reflect both in my music and especially my music videos I've been yeah. doing. It's actually beautiful too how the punk scene embraces you. Like you've opened for punk bands and stuff where your music <laughs> Wild, doesn't right? even fit in, but you but you look at you and like how you dress, whether you have like the jean jacket with like some spikes on it or yep. whatever. It's just yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I keep getting that's right. I keep getting booked on punk shows, which is great because I'm friends with everybody. But it also is kind of weird when I did the uh, the Under the Bridge show a while back with Stinkbox and. Uh, uh, Chad hates George, and, and we got to mention too. This isn't just like a title of a show at a venue. Like no, you yeah, actually this is under, a, under bridge a bridge in yeah. like the Rosedale area. I won't say specifically where, but just in case <laughs> they want to do part two, right? Yeah. Oh well, apparently they've been doing it for years, and oh, so cool, this was cool. the first year I got asked to do it, and it was great just being in a sea of like dreadlocked, dread, dreadlocked street punks and their dogs, and I'm in like an all white shirt with a white bucket hat and like my bright '90s windbreaker. I just got so drunk and forgot all my songs, so I ended up playing some leftover crack songs and some 90s pop songs for the end of the set. And everybody was coming up to me after, like, dude, that was fucking amazing. And, like, people that you wouldn't think would be into what I'm doing. Like, I did an acoustic version of Boom, 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 Boom by the Venga Boys. <laughs> and every punk under that bridge lost their fucking mind. <laughs> and they was almost tore along. down the bridge. Yeah. And I, was, I, got that, I got that idea from Stinkbox when I saw Leftover Crack at the Opera House. They do a, a cover of Unpretty by TLC. And it was just a sea of mohawks and like greasy street punks singing you can buy a hair but it won't grow at the top of their lungs in the opera house and it was like all right this is fucking dope oh that's amazing and yeah i'd like you know i don't rap or make punk rock but the hip-hop scenes and the punk rock communities like embrace my music uh, like I wouldn't be I wouldn't have fans if it wasn't for them yeah yeah I think by looking at you they can tell you're one of us but exactly. also <laughs> what's cool about being on a bill like that is like not to knock a lot of punk bands but uh, lots of them kind of like bleed together they got the same vibe they got like the same it's style true. and then if you're on one of these shows too you stand out like just pop and like you're gonna be like the person they remember in a way exactly and like i can adapt my music to fit in with that right so like when i play an acoustic punk show i just play everything fast (laughs) (laughs) on my acoustic guitar and it fits and it works right and the songs are poppy enough that people dig them but uh, yeah it's it's true it's it's a weird it's a weird time with music and yeah. even in the mainstream you know you got artists like uh uh Lil Nas X doing his Old Town Road and that, that's mm-hmm. like a massive hit yeah yeah and it's like is it a country song is it a rap song but really it's like who cares it's just a song yeah it's a good if it's a good song and you like the song then go for it i mean i think the song's all right it's not my favorite song but it's it's a good song, and I see why people like it, and like because it's not it's they don't have to be like oh I'm a country fan or I'm a rap fan. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just be like I'm a music fan. Yeah, yeah. You almost get re- rewarded in a way 
from like kind of stepping outside the box, start crafting your own thing that comes from your own soul. And it might not hit right away, mm-hmm. but then like, I don't know, you keep at it, like keep being un- unapologetic about it, craft it, make perfect it. And then sooner or later, it's, it's going to start turning some heads and exactly yeah you you never know and uh, a tough part about that too sometimes is people get caught up with your old stuff i've had people like i I remember when i stopped making punk rock i had like this crazy guy like hopefully he doesn't still follow me or he'll hear this i won't name his name but this guy like messaged me like telling me i should keep doing punk music and if not then i should kill myself or something and it's like wow man like it's not that deep like, yeah, yeah. I'm just it, having a good time here. Yeah, like, it's like just the elitist, you know. And it, it's, I see that in the metal scene. I see that in the rap scene or whatever. It's, oh, again, yeah. trying to put you in a box when you're just Joe Cash. You're not trying to fit in anything. Yeah, exactly. Though you know, it's funny you say that with like the metal rap scenes and stuff. Like a, a big thing that's been going on for a while with the hip hop scene, I've noticed is a lot of the old older heads and stuff are like, "Oh, I don't fuck with this new music," and blah blah blah. Which is cool, whatever. Everybody likes their own stuff. But one thing that always gets me is the same people back in the 90s that were like, oh, this rap stuff is garbage. Who likes it? Like, I don't like Eminem. He's just talking. Now they're the ones that are like, oh, this new stuff's garbage. We should listen to classics like Eminem. It's like, you didn't like Eminem back. You didn't like rap back then. Yeah, But now because it's a classic and because you can be elitist about it, you want to be elitist. And that speaks to the type of character some people are. I never try and be like that because I listen to so much music, you know? It's like... When I was on Dean Blundell, and he's like, what's your favorite band of all time? And I was like, Leftover Crack. And he just stared blankly at me. Like, he's like, who the fuck like, is what, that band? What, 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 what the fuck is that? You know, I'll listen to Leftover Crack or Despised Icon, uh, Beneath the Massacre. I'll fucking jam out to Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus or Boom, Boom, Boom by the Venga Boys or Umbot by Hanson. <laughs> I'll spend yeah. hours, I'll listen to fucking the entirety of fucking Bolero, which is this old, like, classical music song that, like, is in every sex scene ever in every movie from like the 1970s to 1990s because <laughs> uh, I'm a classically trained musician and stuff right and then like you know I'll jam out to whatever like even like local artists or like people we know like Cat Clyde and stuff you know like yeah. there was a point where I had my playlist was Boom 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 by the Vanga Boys The River by Cat Clyde uh, One Dead Cop by Leftover Crack uh, some Mad Conductor was in there you know, some biggie, like, and it's some no doubt. Um, it's just, what, like, whatever I feel like listening to, I'm going to listen to. Yeah, yeah. If I want to listen to some German death reggae, then I'll listen to some German death <laughs> reggae. But I'm not going to give anyone shit for not liking German death reggae, because who the fuck likes... I don't even know if that exists. I'm just using that as, like, a random example. But you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the giving people shit thing and being an elitist just needs to come to an end, because it's like... Who who cares? It's music. It's art. Everybody interprets art differently. So who are you to say what art's good and what's not good? Yeah, obviously you have your preference, but don't give people shit for their preference, man. Yeah, for sure. Just listen and love. Yeah, relax, guys. Relax. Just fucking relax. Smoke some weed, or if you don't smoke weed, fucking do so- drink some chamomile tea or something. <laughs> like, holy fuck. <laughs> that's, that's the quote of the show. <laughs> drink some Do chamomile some, tea. Yeah. Calm what, yourself. What was uh, Mel, Mel Gibson saying? Uh, signs when everybody's freaking out about the aliens. I think everyone just needs to relax, eat some fruit or something. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. And uh, it still rings true to this day. It's, don't get worked up. Just relax and enjoy 
Yeah. If you're going to sit back and listen to an album, don't sit there and try and overanalyze it and pick out all the things that are wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy the moment, man. And, and again, cool. it's like that vibe uh, is what made Scarborough Girl pop off, too. Like, kind of having that headspace and going into making a song and, exactly. like, people connect to, like, just... I'm dancing feel... like a jackass throughout all of it. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know how to... yeah. There was so much dancing in that video that did not make the cut because it was just terrible. But, yeah, it's just a fun time, you know? Yes. Yeah. And speaking of, too, it's like uh, your video for Soda Pop that mm-hmm. came out a couple days ago. I'm posting this after. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I figured, I figured yeah. that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, as we're recording this, it's like not out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that came out a couple days ago mm-hmm. on all of Joe Cash's uh, social media. Everywhere. Um, that video itself, too, um, you had like kind of an elaborate plan for a story and stuff. But what was great was... The weather kind of got shitty. You yeah. couldn't you couldn't really make your story or whatever. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? I got uh, this area in the backyard. It's kind of got like an overhang and a shed. Let's still yeah, like, I got have a, this party and like yeah. you made you went with the flow and you made the video happen and it's just kind of like even though it's like not as elaborate as you imagined, it still like came out so fun. And, and that's what makes the video fun is because yeah. I went with the flow. Yeah. And that's punk rock, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's DIY, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, my original plan for that was to uh, pay, like, an homage to the uh, Steal My Sunshine video. It's, like, my favorite song and video of the 90s, right? And uh, that was kind of, like, my plan was to do, like, my own version of that. And, uh, yeah, the weather fucked up, so we couldn't go to the beach or go do mini golf. Or uh, I don't think I got paid in time, so I couldn't buy everyone ice cream. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of things. So I was like, all right, let's – because, yeah, we picked you up. And I was like, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to the beer store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to the beer store, and we're going back to my house. And I think I was like five beers deep by the time we yeah. got the first shot or second shot or something. Actually, you got me to do that one shot sitting on the table before I had any beers. That was probably – one of the only usable shots of me performing <laughs> from the back because some of that nighttime stuff, man, I was just way too fucked oh, up for my own good. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out that night, uh, Fortunato. He's a rap legend. Uh, yeah, hell he, yeah. He came out. Uh, he's done work with like Onyx, like some of like the like Sean Rice, yeah. like just some of the biggest like names you can think of toured with him. But uh, one day I or that night I realized how much of like just an OG fucking partier he is like of like just being on tours and stuff. Cause we're, I wish this ca- this was like on the video or something, but he probably doesn't, but uh, we're just having like a regular conversation. Like, mm-hmm. like we're having right now. And he's probably like 12 beers deep, but you, you can't tell. Right. Right. And um, he's like talking like this and then mid section or sentence, he just turns his head and does this uh, like puke into the, the bushes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like almost like, calculated like when you see like uh those fountains with like the babies with the stream coming up it was like this clean stream of vomit and then like without even like missing a beat like after that he turns around and starts continuing his story yes. and i'm like wait hold up yeah, a bit i'm like did you just like puke in the bush he's like yeah yeah it happens sometimes he's just like yeah. this guy's like <laughs> lived like a rock star forever it's just got to oh, get th- i never i never i never seen that move done before and if i was in mid conversation and i threw up i'd have to like get like at least 20 minutes to recover like, yeah i, I need some water sweating, turning you know, pale you gotta sit down for a second yeah yeah wow that's a that's a, just, pa- yeah, yeah, that's a power move he flexed on you there Sean. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, i was so impressed and i just wanted to give him a shout out too because he was like uh probably in one of my first like 
under 20 episodes too nice yeah oh yeah fortunately the show was tiny i've done like fucking six videos for him or something like that yeah yeah and every time he's one of the greatest guys to shoot with too because it's just like let's work yeah it's like you guys have similar vibes of just like let's have fun let's make something cool and Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be this big a lot of people get caught like unless you're unless you're getting budgets and grants and stuff for like big videos and stuff it's like the what the access that we have to technology and stuff is you can as long as you know it's not what you have it's how you use it right so as long as you know how to go and like do music videos and you have your idea kind of in mind and you know you if you can take a handy cam but make it like stylize the video to make it look yeah. good and like or actually what you the... do sometimes you use a nice cam and then you try to make it look shitty you're like yeah. oh, this needs to look like 1994 <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but and that's the thing is because sometimes like as like if people go and look at watch the vanilla video I didn't have a soda heat. pop. Yes. Oh my god! I'm going to keep doing that for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> this, it's not called that anymore. Soda Joe. pop. <laughs> if you go watch the Joe Cash soda pop video, it's um, it's super DIY. But you know, if I shot it, if I if I tried to do the full super high quality HD shots and stuff, like a lot of the night shots wouldn't have worked, and like the DIY backdrop I use and everything, it, it works because it's simple and. If you lean into that, one of my favorite shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is yeah, this same. episode where uh, Boyle's like, he's talking to the food lady that he ends up uh, getting involved with. And she's like, he asks her about a recipe for cooking with moss. And she goes, you got to lean into the dirt taste. <laughs> and I was like, man, that just fucking translate to every aspect of my life. <laughs> every time something goes wrong, I just lean into the dirt taste. Mm, yeah, and you I've own been, it. Yeah, I've been, yeah. Living, I've been living with that as my motto for probably the past year now. I love it. And um, we're almost out of time. But yeah, that's cool. I man. think that's like it a flu. Kind of I love that though. Yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen with you too. It's just like <laughs> effortlessly. Like usually, like when I'm interviewing somebody, I have I don't always look at my notepad, but I have a notepad with a couple key points. Right. I just got this blank table right here. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. I feel like we could have like just keep kept going making this like a five hour episode yeah but, uh, you know what though it's yeah. not like i'm it's not like we can't do this again anytime soon we've done it before no. we can do it again sometime well, next year or whatever right yeah so. yeah it, it's cool like i appreciate you coming on here and like all the adventures we've been on which we didn't even like tap into yeah and like you're honestly gonna be like one of the regulars on here and it's cool also like what's awesome is like we can always like kind of catch you up and like almost like continue to capture your journey as an artist and like you know, exactly like from doing these episodes too it's like almost like these little audio documentaries of where you are and yeah it's just it's and just well cool. yeah and yeah. with you too it's, it's both like we both get to kind of go and do what we're doing and then come back and eat and then go and do what we're doing come back i mean i'm doing this weird thing with my hands that you guys <laughs> can't see right now it's, i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah it's like for both of us it's it's kind of like yeah we catch up and talk about stuff and yeah yeah and um this is the first episode we didn't talk about battle rap yes and i and mean we you know shout out to all of our friends at king of the dot you know yeah. organic gully nate chubbs everybody rigo philly everyone i don't want to name too many names or that's what organic did in yeah. episode 100 yeah, yeah. he's like I oh, fuck, that. why did i start, why did I there's, start there's, right? there's way too many that's why i had to say organic because he remembered to shout out me in that episode <laughs> yeah. so i was like okay i gotta get him but 
Yeah, yeah I mean, Ballarat is Ballarat, and we've talked about it before, and you've had lots of Ballarappers on here and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and you're about to film some today, and it's just, yeah, yeah this awesome. Uh, yeah, so before then, let's let's chill out a bit more, buddy. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'm about to smoke Halloween right now, so got to kill some time. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, and should I just? I guess maybe I'll just let everyone know that. Yeah, as you've heard, my song "Soda Pop" by Joe Cash is out on YouTube and all streaming platforms by the time you're hearing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And for more of Joe's stuff, if uh, you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, mm-hmm. each one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see a picture of Joe in the studio, links to all of his shit, past videos, new videos, and... Everything like that. And again, Joe. That's what's up. Thank you. Till next time. Oh, thank you, brother. I love you so much. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> you the man. No, 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 I should have known. I should have known better. Oh, no, 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 I should have known. I should have known better. Oh, no, 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 I should have known. I should have known better. Oh, no, 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 I should have known. I should have known better. Oh,